Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast, and we might just have to change that name. No, I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves, but we are back. Aaron and I are going to talk this through. The Wolves won game one in Memphis, and down the stretch, it wasn't a nail-biter, let's put it that way. It definitely was a fun you know, game back and forth, no doubt. But down the stretch, we were just talking about it off air, that McDaniels three in the corner uh, put it out of reach. and They never quite got back into it. Um, it is funny how a lot of these national media are all of a sudden like, wow, this Timberwolves, boy, they're pretty good. Man, Ant is really aggressive. I can't believe how, how aggressive Ant is. And he really is funny in a pre- post-press conference. It's like, dude. Have you been watching NBA Pass? Like, dude, that's what it's there for. You're a professional. You probably you could probably write that off and watch at least ten games a year from our Timberwolves. But anyway, um, we are going to break down game one. We're going to open the show with just a little bit of fun that happened last Tuesday. We got a lot of shit nationally for celebrating too much. The Minnesota Timberwolves have won the championship and, and all that stuff. But we'll talk just minorly about that because that atmosphere was nuts. But then we'll get into the the nuts and bolts of this game one. And we'll just kind of treat it like a regular season, just like Ant said. You treat it like a regular season game. Um, And we're going to break down these next few games. Um, You have a Tuesday game two, game three Thursday, and game four Saturday night at 9 o'clock, by the way. Um, But it will be after the – I believe it's after the Brooklyn game in Boston, so it should be a damn good rating off of that. But anyway, um, we will get into that and, and kind of see, you know, where are the Wolves going to end up? You know, what the, what's the series going to be like after four games when we talk to you next Monday? If this is your first time listening to this here podcast, Living in Loserville, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open. Download the show directly there. You get it if you want. Or listen to the browse. You can find this here, um, Living in Loserville podcast, under the Rope Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcast. We're also part of the GruelingTruth.com. Um, one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, you want to watch the Timberwolves, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The price is served as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you have the choice or ultimate package, that gives you free, free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. And you go to the Premier Package all the way up there. You get HBO Max and Showtime already included. Direct TV Stream. Okay. Let's bring in the co-host here, Aaron and see how he's doing on this lovely day. It, it, it could be negative four, and I'd be like, it's actually sunny out because I'm just sky high right now. We're doing a podcast. It has nothing to do with the NFL draft, Aaron. It has everything to do with the Minnesota frickin' Timberwolves. Um, how you feeling, buddy? Uh I'm feeling great about the Minnesota Timberwolves. The weather does have me a little down, though. It's like mid-April, and I'm just waiting for the sun. But other than that, let's talk about, you know, playoff basketball. Because a lot of of years have gone by when you and I have talked about matchups and breakdowns of other squads. You know, it's been like, okay, are the Suns or the the Blazers or, 
somebody else. But now we get to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves and get into the minutia of, of games in the playoffs, which is nice. And uh, it's exciting to, like, you know, get into that stuff and not just, you know, wonder about, well, who's going to win the, the series that means nothing to us. Now there's a series that means something to us, and that that is exciting. And, you know, we can start off with the uh, with the Clipper game and, uh, you know, our it looks like we won a championship there. I, that's <laughs> what I heard on Twitter. And the 2022 play-in champions for the year, the Minnesota, yeah, dude, that was, uh, first of all, that game was just back and forth and forth and back. And obviously, Cat had his worst game of his career. Um, sure, the first handful of fouls, once again, here we go. Yeah, sure. You know, there was some ticky-tack stuff early. But for four, uh, foul four, five, and six were all him. There's just no excuses there. However, however, we do have a big three in company for a reason. And Ant and Delo said, hey, once you have the ball for a couple possessions and you play make, oh, big, you know, give me thanks, Ant. Boom, and D'Lo and Cat or an Ant took over that game. I mean, big shot after big shot. It was like they were competing with themselves, but who could get the better shot, the bigger shot? I mean, that was uh, in that crowd, Aaron. I mean, whole that that building, the crowd, you could tell just when they started the game how loud it was. Um, and then they're interviewing D'Lo, and he's looking. He's like, I wish you guys could see what the hell's going on over here because you got to see this place. The whole place was still there for, you know, probably a half hour after the game. Uh, you got Pat Bev crying because, you know, he got dumped from this team. And by the way, Memphis traded him in the summer. <laughs> and he had this – he was on this podcast, uh, uh, Roddick's – or not Roddick, but Reddick's uh, con- uh, podcast. And he said when he went to Memphis this summer, he was talking to the GM. And the GM's like, well, you know, we're going to – we're going to bring it in the summer and we'll see what, you know, we'll see what we're going to, and he goes in the summer. He's like, I'm your starting, like in the summer, I'm your starting point guard. I'm right there with you with jaw. That's my spot. You know, like he was like, what are you talking about? I could maybe make the team possibly, or what, what are we talking about? It was really funny how he explained that, but he ultimately got uh, here. Thank goodness. And uh, he's been a great mentor for the whole team and especially Ant as well. Definitely like that uncle big brother vibe going on. Um, but, yeah, it was just a, a great game, by the way. Everybody said that was one of the best games of the year. We knew it was going to be a tough matchup. Paul George was shut down in the first half, and then he just went off. seems like everybody was going off. But, uh, yeah, it was a hell of a win, man. It was just fun to see that energy. And we've seen it the last couple months, how Target Center's come alive. Yeah, we've seen it, but not, you know, in this frenzy that it sort of turned into. And, you know, you're talking about uh, Ant and uh, D'Lo in that game, and you start, you know, I had a lot of trepidation going into it. I was like, okay, well, if Cat gets in foul trouble, and what's that going to mean and all this stuff? And, you know, now I at least know, and I think a lot of Timberwolves fans know now, that it's not the end of the world if he gets in. Of course, you don't want him to get in foul trouble. Don't get me wrong. But if he does, there's they're capable of stepping up and, and making shots that need to be made. And, you know, D'Lo's going to have his time in this next series. We were just talking about that a little bit off the air, and we'll get to it. But um, you know, it's good to see that those two decided, okay, well, you know, you're going to do that. We can still handle our business. We can still take care of stuff. And Finch was able to facilitate that too. And it took a load off my mind as far as, you know, we've been talking on the podcast about cat foul problems 
and what that might mean in a playoff atmosphere or play in atmosphere as it was. And, um, you know, it just took a load off to know, okay, if the worst happens and you've got four fouls at the end of the third or you're, you know, it's not the end of the world. We can play through it. And, and that means a lot, particularly in playoff series. Yeah. Particularly against a veteran laced team with a top 10 player playing his ass off, uh, Paul George. I mean, and really that was like four falls in the first half too. That's like worst case scenario, not just three, right? It's four falls in the first. Uh, and then falls out with like 7.34 to go. So that is basically worst case scenario when it comes to fouls anyway. Uh, but you're right. It, it, it definitely, cause you know it's gonna happen. Even if let's say he gets two fouls in the first quarter, maybe he makes it with only three fouls or, or somehow makes it through the second without one. You know, it's still gonna be, it's, it's happening in this series. You might as well, uh, you know, try not to throw anything at the TV or whatever or hurt yourself punching a wall because it's probably going to happen. Um, right off the bat, though, um, the way Memphis played in game one, uh, they tried, they put Bain or Jaw on Ant. Uh, they put Adams on Towns with, uh, Jared Jackson lurking and he, he was on him a fair amount too. They put Brooks, their best perimeter defender on D'Lo. Uh, because he's the facilitator, so they want to kind of clog that up. They also want to take away the pick and roll. They they got it from Dallas uh, maybe with 20 games left, not even that, 15 games left. This is what Dallas did, um, and it worked pretty good on us, and we knew it was going to come. And just like putting Paul George on D'Lo uh, to try to just say, no, nah, dude, we're not going to let you facilitate even, um, and, and especially not score, and he did. He only had one one uh, point in the first quarter. And in this one, he only had, I don't even think he had a point in the first quarter. So it was kind of interesting to see. They weren't as crazy of doubles early on towns, but they definitely were at least pretty much doubles or lurking doubles. And that Jackson led the league in block shots. Uh, So he's a damn good player, although he does get in a little fall problems. But the way they started that damn game we did see D'Lo and Pat Bev get two falls in the first quarter. That kind of hurt a little bit. But, um, I mean, the Timberwolves got off to a great start all the way up until sometime in the second quarter. They were up by, like, you know, a comfortable score. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this has got to be one of the best starts we could have here. I think it was, like, 32 to 18 or something like that. We were up by 10 or 12 points early on in that game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I saw a 13-point lead, uh, if I want to say mid-second quarter, but uh, I'm not exactly sure about that. And uh, it felt comfortable at the time. We did get off to a really good start. And you start to think, okay, well, what's the adjustments that Memphis is going to make? And like you said, they had Adams on Towns. I don't think that's going to last. I think they're probably going to move uh, Jackson. Is that it? Over there? And, uh, maybe switch up the lurker and who's the, who's the on ball and who's the lurker. They'll probably switch that, but you know, that's, you have to look at, you know, the, the chess game now that's going to be played is, is, is a whole different thing. And, um, you know, I don't think Memphis really knew what they were looking at, although they had played us a lot. So they kind of knew what we had, but you know, just like the national media, maybe they got woken up too on, on, uh, was it Sunday or Saturday? I can't remember which day it was, but um, yeah, I mean, 
the, the fast start was nice, although it kind of was a slow start too, Chris, because I don't think there was a point scored for like the first minute or so. And then they got that turnover deal went in and, and put it in. But, uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, so it seemed like everybody's feeling each other out there a little bit. But once we got rolling, I think offensively, you know, we played pretty well. Defensively, I think we need to make some adjustments there, too. But uh, mostly I thought, you know, the fast start and then we let them creep back in. And I think that was a defensive adjustment on Memphis's part. Yeah, and Cat, you know, for as much shit as we gave him this last game, he bounced back, had like 12 or 14 in the first quarter, was like 5 or 7. Uh, right off the bat, you know, playing really, really good. We were making Ja, you know, he had 15 points pretty early, but it had a good-ass game, got to the line 20 times or whatever. But we definitely made him work for it. He hit the, the canvas, uh, you know, the mat, I guess, you know, uh, the floor, the hardwood floor a lot of times. And, you know, we even got Jackson in the foul problem in this game. We had him out early third quarter uh, or early second quarter, but the – the amount of turnovers, it was 11. There was 14 at half, which is like enough for a game. And they had 11 in that quarter. I wrote it down. There were seven scoreless possessions with five turnovers. And don't get me wrong. Jaw's going to get the calls at home, and Jaw's a little bit more established than, say, like Ant, right? He's, a, he's just a, a year ahead of them. And they, you know, they bit, they went to the playoffs last year. They actually did the play-in thing last year. Had a good bubble run. Then made the playoffs last year. Funny enough, one game won, and then ended up losing the next four. But so you could say, oh, you know, D'Lo should have been in the line four or five times. I mean, he got fouled too, and we can we can talk about fouls and all that. But especially on the road in the playoffs, it is what it is. It doesn't mean you got to turn the ball over eleven times, and uh, that was a little rough. Cat uh, and Ant both kind of turned the ball over a little bit there. Uh, it was just it was just an ugly quarter, but the funny thing is, Ant started going off. He got to 19 um, by half, and he really closed strong, as did Cat. And funny enough, we were still up 65-62 at half. Adams got his fourth foul early, um, eight with eight minutes left of the third quarter, um, and also Brooks D'Lo. Uh, drew a third foul on Brooks. Um, and by that time, even with a little bit of foul problems from uh, Jared Jackson Jr., he had five blocks. I think he had seven blocks. But somewhere in that third quarter, and Pat Bev picked up four fouls in that quarter too, but somewhere in that third quarter, Ant started going off. He went off early. Then it was kind of like, okay, I kind of got my, my stuff out of the way. Third quarter, the step back three, the step back mid range. We we can talk about his finesse and his strengths as far as like getting to the rack and all that. We know about that. He's a way more advanced three point shooter than most of the league would have thought by twenty, age twenty. Um, but his step back game in the mid range, just his mid range and his decision making this game. I mean, that was one of the best ant games we've seen. And that's up there with, you know, he has multiple 40-point games. Well, beyond this last one where I think he had 48 and 8 assists, I would put this game right there on there because he made a bunch of tough mid-range shots, man. He really did. And you know, speaking of those turnovers, uh, you know, 
I, I kind of credit that to Brooks, their best on-ball perimeter defender on our facilitator, Russell. And that's going to lead to some turnovers. Now, the number, obviously, way too high. And I think we'll adjust to that. But, you know, if they go ahead and it's – I really think we got Memphis in a pick-your-poison type of deal here. I mean, we've got three guys who can get their scoring. They can – we got a facilitator. Ant can do it if he has to, not as good as Russell. And then Cat can also facilitate in a way. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. what do you do? You're going to move Brooks to Ant now and then leave Russell open for his three-point shot? You're going to have to pick what you want to do. And I think they made a good choice in putting Brooks on on Russell and the turnovers were the, uh, were the fruit that came from that labor. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved Brooks over to Ant to see what happens because Ant's going to get his. If you leave him single or even shade him with someone else, he's still going to get his and they might come at him with a double too. We'll find out. But the first quarter, you know, he hit the three pointer. His, his three point shot was on. And then from that, he started to work a little bit in that mid range started to work going to the hoop a little bit. And by the fourth quarter, he was going to the hoop, and he was getting his shots uh, and getting layups, which I think they really tried hard to avoid him being able to do in the first three quarters. But at that point, they were worn down. He's he's making threes. He's making mid-range. You can't take all of that away. And I think it just the process of that game, like you said, Chris, was just like, okay, establish your outside shot. Okay, go to mid-range. Okay, now you can go to the hoop. And it just kind of took what – you know, he keeps saying that in his post-game presence. He takes mm. what they give him. And he was taking what they gave him. And they can't keep giving him that, but they really don't have a choice. I mean, you're going to give it to Cat. You're going to give it to Andrew. You're going to give it to D'Lo. Pick your poison here. And I think they tried to pick their poison by putting Brooks on, on Russell. I think there will be a point where they do put Brooks on Ant. And then you got to watch Russell do what he does with that beautiful three-point shot. If it's if it's on, it's unstoppable. It's unblockable. And then you know Beasley and so on. And like we, I think I saw a stat, Chris, this week that we shot the most threes this season. And then the other yeah team made the was, most and shot the most. And the other team that was also in the stats for the years were the Houston Rockets, and that's all our boy uh, Gerson mm. Rosas, which we talked about. Yep. So uh, obviously that formula has worked out as far as three-point shooting goes, we went from not making threes to making the most threes. And it's come in handy, particularly now, when you get like a guy like Ant who can kind of do all three ranges. Uh, Russell can also get to the hoop, and I think we'll see more of that coming up in the future. Yeah, and I think they also wanted to take away Delo's mid-range as well, not to clog up that pick and roll. But at some point, like, you know – I'm not like the the match the 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 example's not perfect, but we always you know used to have to play not always, but we had to play the the Lakers in the first round a lot, <laughs> you know back in the day, and we basically be like Shaq's gonna get his dude. Let's just try to make Kobe take 28 shots, you know. Let's just try to make it, and you know early in his career, you know when we say er, it's even hard to say early in Ant's career because he's fucking 20, you know so. It, like he, this is early in his career, but they're you know first part of the year, his rookie year, and then that little wave where they actually were drawing more attention to him that he had to adjust. You could say okay, yeah, he, his shot selection need to improve, and you know stop jacking threes and stop trying to heat check when you're not hot and all that. But that's momentarily that's a young player, and not only that, but well next year next year it's not next year he makes the improvement. 
within a couple weeks. And then you're like, wow, yeah, he's doing that. And we've seen that down the stretch with this mid-range game. That's why I keep bringing it up so much. And it, like you said, all three levels, it just gets tough to deal with. And he got it going, you know, whether it was facilitating or whatever, hitting shots, going to the rack, like you said, it, it ended up, um, you know, getting that Pat Bev hit a big three that got us up 117-1 on dive. We talked about that McDaniels shot that basically put it away. Um, and Ant had like a, you know, just a hell of a game overall, 36 points. Uh, but it, but Cat, like on both sides of the ball, had a hell of a game. Beasley probably could have been 7-10. He was 4-10, but he was starting to get it going. And McDaniels, you know, down the stretch of the season, he was hurt with that ankle. And if you look at, you know, game 83, you know, they don't like to call them playoff games, but there's 82 games in the regular season. We, we played an 83 game here, so that is the postseason. But he looked kind of shaky, let's say, um, you know, in his first playoff game. And this game, all purpose, dude. And speaking of, so we got a variety of help. Um, and D'Lo did just turn into the facilitator, basically. I think he got like eight or nine assists. He did get some guys, you know, cutting, and they got on the line. We were 24 at 27 from the line. We do need to foul less. That has been an issue. Now, we play an aggressive style of defense. That high wall just crashed. But still, we, we still need to foul a little less. But sometimes Ja will get the benefit of the doubt. Just like that D'Lo clear path, D'Lo hit the ball first. You know, it's like, really? Are we sure? Like, I understand how that's clear path. However, it was ball first before the shoulder. So, you know, he's going to get some uh, calls in general, but overall, man, it was just a great game one. And, you know, the game, to win game one, you know, you always say, hey, if we need one and one going to game three, that's great. But game one is such a huge thing historically. Um, but going back to those adjustments, you know, Nas Reed probably had his worst game of the year. He got in like, for four minutes and got three fouls. It was just ugly. Um, we had to we had to put him on the bench. He never got back in. But and J Mac struggled as well. Um, you know he was turning the ball over. He was kind of forcing some stuff. It is what it is. But speaking of that, you know what what are they going to do? Are they going to literally have all the attention on one side of the court and, and literally just have Ant all over there with one guy on him, even if it is Brooks? and have a shooter in the corner that he can – like how many times are they going to leave Beasley and Prince? And hopefully they leave him a bunch because that means it's corner three. So they got to make some sort of adjustment, and, and maybe it will be going small and getting Adams off the court, you know, out of the court. But with McDaniels off the bench, not in the starting lineup, and Prince off the bench and Beasley, it just – you know, they got a hell of a bench like – Stat for stat, they probably have a better bench than us on paper, but it's not like our bench is lacking, right? Yeah, like you mentioned earlier when we were going into the play-in game, that you kind of liked the Memphis matchup, and I kind of knew what you meant, but now I can see exactly what you meant. I mean, we have the three, the big three, which are all a handful to, to handle, and then the guys off the bench. Now, they do have some bench players, but I'm not seeing a lot of uh, – special type of players like, you know, McDaniels can hit the outside. He's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, He's long. clean. I don't see that on their squad. Um, and I don't see, you know, you're going to have to, 
they just don't – I see Jaw and I see some other players, but I don't see the equivalent of uh, Russell on their squad. I don't see the equivalent of Cat on their squad. And so, like you said, they're in a pinch now, and all I can really see them doing is getting extremely rough, uh, picking up a lot of fouls, uh, trying to get uh, to be bully ball in a way. Memphis kind of does revert to that, at least they have in the past. I don't know about this season, but Memphis has always kind of been right. a, gritty, a gritty squad like that. Um, so elbows and technicals and whatever the refs are going to let them do, they're going to do. And, you know, they will try to – throw a double up on, I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to give cat special attention. Uh, you have to, I mean, whether that's just a, like you said, a creeper or someone, you know, keeping an eye on, uh, for as a double or, you know, and what do you do with Anthony? And, you know, cause if you give it, like we already said, he's going to take what you give him. If you give him one-on-one, he's gonna take it. He was and, mad. He was mad they didn't fall George on it. They couldn't guard me. They were afraid to guard me. So, oh, God, I love this kid. I think the special moment will be when they finally find something that works to deal with Cat and Ant. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to D'Angelo Russell. And <laughs> that's going to be a special moment in this series when people are going to go, oh, right, because, you know, Everybody's waking up to the Timberwolves right now, hilariously so. <laughs> um, they're going to wake up to, oh, there's another guy on this team that uh, can get his in, in, in big way. So I, I just feel like that's another step to come. Now, matchup defensively, Chris, I mean, you worry about Morant, and, you know, you got Beverly, you got five fouls there, you've got uh, – J Mac has five fouls. Uh, Russell, you probably don't want him to go five fouls. Uh, Beasley, you've got fouls to give on Morant. And I think if, if you can find a way to, you know, get gritty with him, um, you know, that's the way they did. Like you said, they did a little bit in game one, but I did see a stat, uh, throughout the week that said that, you know, they're actually, the Grizzlies are actually better with Morant off the court as opposed to on. Now I know that's a bit, uh, counterintuitive, which is what stood out to me about the stat, but they just don't play as well with Morant in. So then you, do you want Morant? Especially defensively. Yeah, no, you're right. They actually were uh, 14 and three without him too. Something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, what do they do about that? And, you know, is he a ball hog or what is it that the the problem is really? I couldn't really pick it out of, but we've got some more games to watch uh, this matchup and see what happens. I just think you're going to see Memphis come out a little bit rougher. Um, you're going to see, which, you know, Ant's built like, even here in all week, he's built like a linebacker. I'm not worried about them getting rough with Ant, but I am worried about pushing Carl around and what that's going to do for his attitude and, and what yeah. he wants to do. And if he, let's say he doesn't get a call on one of these rough plays, what's that? Is he going to spiral out of that? And, and how's that going to work? And Russell seems to be a guy who doesn't talk a lot, but he'll, you know, he'll drain a three in your face if you got a problem with him. So I don't really think there's a, there's an issue yeah, him there. Him and Ant, you can't really push. Right. They're just they're going to respond. And Beasley, I mean, Beasley will just keep shooting. He'll shoot <laughs> yeah. the lights out if you let He'll him. Shoot so right now. I, I really like the matchups here. I guess that's my point, Chris. Is that you know I wasn't so aware as you were about the matchup here against Memphis, but I can't see why the national talking heads are not. I think they do under their breath. They see the trouble that Memphis is in. They just don't want to say it yet because they think Timberwolves will do Timberwolf things. Knock on wood. 
Yeah, and they yeah, and they they picked him in five too, so they didn't want to. Well, hold on, no, hold hold on. But you're right. Like as far as well, first of all, you know, the second half, I think it was like eight eighteen or something like that, Morant. But you know, his mid range, like his floater, he needs to add more floaters and, and pass a little bit. But um, that is his game. You know, they they are they have a variety of guys that can score. From time to time, I mean, Dillian did get or Dillian got 24 points. I mean, other guys can can step up. They're young like us too, and they like to tell people about it. Um, but to have Pat Bev, to have Vando, to have McDaniel's. Oh, did I mention Ant in the fourth quarter? And then a, a Kogi too. I mean, you never know for four minutes. But like, if you want to do something to Ant or to 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 Ja, like you know something, Okogi could take a suspension. No, I'm just saying. But we can go tech for tech is my point. If they want to go for the techs beyond cat, we can go tech for tech. We've done, we've shown it all year. Uh, Prince is another guy that will not let you get away with it. Uh, Pat Bev and Prince will get feisty. Whereas, like you said, Ant and Dilo are more laid back. They'll just get you on the other end. Cool, cool. All right. You gotcha, gotcha. And then they'll just put one, like you said, in their eyes. So, you know, whether it's a zone, the zone's interesting though, because it invites three point shooting, right? Well, is that the best? Is that the best you want to do? I don't know. Maybe like a lingering zone. Maybe that was it, putting Dillian on, and, and, and then they did kind of have at least a second guy going by him or whatever. Maybe maybe they thought, okay, that's what we got to do. I don't know, but I just don't know how much longer they can. They have a cut open, and it's bleeding right now a little bit. It's it's, it's they they can't stop the bleeding right now, and I mean. I just don't. I just don't know how they're going to let Ant get thirty every game because if if the if the if the defense and the offensive setup is the way it is, he would because even if he sucks from three for a little bit, okay, fine, he'll just go to the rack or go to the midi or facilitate, which he's become more comfortable with. So I just don't know how much longer they can do this. And a great team uh, laced with veterans. Did the same thing and look what happened, you yeah. know. So I, yeah. I just, it's, it's something's got to give. Yeah, I think they're going to come for Cat, Chris. I, I think they're going to try to pester the hell out of him. And you know, I think they saw, okay, you know, this is Cat not falling out. Uh, and yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what that means? Let's give a shot at just going at him, trying to get in his head. Uh, you know, pushing him, shoving him, taking those, just like we're talking about giving Moran a little bit of the business. Sure. Uh, I think they're going to be giving Cat a little bit of the business. I kind of predict that. And, you know, if we can overcome that like we did against the Clippers, that'll go away, you know. So, or if Cat can overcome it himself, uh, that yeah. would be optimum, you know, to mm-hmm. throw 30 in their face while they're pushing him around and not fall out. Okay. Then that strategy is over. Or, you know, they get him in foul trouble and, and D'Lo and Ant take care of business again. There goes that strategy. So I think that's what their next thing is. And it's going to be interesting. I think Jackson's going to have a big hand in it. I don't see Brooks so much in in that. But I think Jackson and Cat are going to be uh, at each other pretty hard here. And we'll see who wins uh, in game two. Um, but I think that's really all they can do at this point is just try to, you know, rough it up with Cat and see what happens, uh, you know. Um, I think Ant's going to be in Cat's ear. I think Russell's going to be in Cat's ear. Bev is going to be in Cat's ear. Just like, calm the hell down. Take your fouls. If you foul out, buddy, we got you. You know, that type of attitude. 
and just you know, try to relax him in the paint and keep him in transition, you know, maybe try to keep him away a little bit. Uh, you did mention Nas Reed. That's where he comes in defensively uh, as, a, as a guy that we're going to need to lean on, him and Vanderbilt, uh, in the absence of Cat for game two and possibly game three. Because I don't think they're going to try that stuff at home because hopefully Cat's going to get more calls at home and things go his way at home. But sure. on the road in, in game two and possibly game what would it be, five, uh, that's going to be something I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we may – like, it's okay to miss, like, a six- or seven-minute stretch. It's not ideal. But if you just – okay, you get two early fouls, you pick up your third in the in the, the second half, just don't get an early one in the third. You know, like, you, you have a little foul problem, it's cool. Just have the foul problem and then get back in the game. And if you got to play a little less defense, you got to go straight up every time, then do that. That's fine. We'll make it work. Um, but if he does get into major foul problems – Nas is going to definitely have to score more at that point, but also Greg Monroe might get in there for three minutes, you know, just because, you know, just to have another big body out there. Now we hit a lot of shots. We were shooting really well, you know, in general. So we, we actually out rebounded them, but we do have that last game where funny enough, we, the Timberwolves beat Memphis, but there was a season high in the NBA, like 25 or 26, 27 offensive rebounds. They are the best offensive rebounding team and we ended I think the 27th or 26th worth defensive defensive boarding so we'll see that's still going to be that's going to be an issue just like we said Cat's probably going to I mean seven games or six games I suppose or maybe less um it's going to happen um so here we are game two game three game four it does feel like okay so how are we going to do in this little stretch we kept breaking it down mostly by four games because we had those uh I think four sets of back-to-backs coming out of that all-star break, which is a crazy schedule there. Uh, But it feels just like a a regular season kind of preview breakdown, kind of guessing game here. So next Monday when we do the show, and, you know, I'm not calling for a sweep, okay? So that is in there. I should at least bring it up, but I'm not calling for one, obviously. But, um, But game five would be next Tuesday. So the next time we do a show will be Monday. Where do you see these Wolves? Do you see them up three to one, winning, maybe losing this game, game two, and then winning two home games? Do you see them kind of losing one and all of a sudden losing game three and they kind of stutter? Or maybe it's just two and two. You know, the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies will be desperate when they come to Minneapolis, and maybe they get one of those games and heading into it, it's two to two. What's your gut telling you, Aaron? Well, my gut's telling me sweep. But my brain <laughs> is telling me something else. And, look, we're going to get almost uh, the death rattle of Memphis uh, in game two. The death yes, rattle will be for the elimination game. But we're going to get the death rattle of Memphis because I think they kind of see what's coming at them now. And I'm not going to say they're worried, although when when Ant was sinking those shots, the look on the faces of the Memphis bench was quite yeah. telling. Yeah, um, it really was. Like, what are we going to do about this? Not again. Um, he keeps smiling at us, too. He's yeah. telling our coach to call a timeout. So my head is telling me we might drop game two. Um, just because, look, they're going to – 
throw the kitchen sink at us. I really think that. I don't know if it's going to be some weird Syracuse zone or what's going to happen, but I don't think we're going to get off to a great start. They're going to throw this, you know, they're at home. It's going to be a lot of energy. It's going to be, uh, now this is where Anton will make his ascension if we can score 50 in game two <laughs> and then it's over. That would be nice. I mean, it's, yeah. it's over, right? For Ant yeah, Super Shark. Sure. We win and he goes are a thing. plus 50. Yeah. That series is done. But I, I like the fact – I think we drop two. I think we win both games at home. Um, so I think we go, what, three and one, one and two or two and one, yeah, uh, and we and one. take a commanding uh, grip on this series uh, throughout the two home games. Um, now, my gut – back to my gut again. My gut <laughs> says that there is going to be something like that in game two where uh, Russell, probably Cat, somebody's going to score big numbers. It's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be a rough and tumble game, and we come out on top. Um, that's what my gut's telling me, but my head is saying, okay, slow down, wait a minute here. This is the Timberwolves. This is the first playoff thing. Uh, there's a lot of things that I don't know about Memphis, so maybe you know something like that happens. So long story short, I say we go 2-1. and one. We win both home games. We drop. A close game in game two to the Memphis Grizzlies. The death rattle. Man, we got to make a t-shirt or something. That is just perfectly put. And you're right. I do. I don't see us winning game two. Um, And just historically, I kind of, especially in when, when we're talking to Timberwolves and how personal it is to us, you know, it is hard to separate. Like you said, gut and head and all that. It is tough to separate. So I just, I always kind of side historically. Ah, oh, it'll probably be one and one. And I wouldn't even like right now. I feel confident enough to say minimum, it'll be two and two. Mm. Two and two heading into game five. We talk Monday at two and two. That I think that has to happen. You know. I mean, that's kind of a weird way to put it because <laughs> we have to sweep would be a better way. But, no, you know, I see that we can accomplish that. I'm very confident, just like how we'd be like, well, I think we can go 3-1, and one, but for sure 2-2, two and two, you know, that type of stuff. That's the kind of vibe I'm having. I think we'll for sure win one of the home games. Like, I, I just think no matter if it's triple overtime, whatever, we're going to win one of them. So at the minimum, 2-2. Two and two. And I believe the max would be three and one. I don't see us sweeping. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm kind of stuck right there on the fence. Just to be different, I'll go two and two. Okay. Um, but if we were three and one heading into game five, once again, that'll be another death rattle, right? That, that game five, when you need it, down three one, a lot of times the home team wins, especially the higher seed in that because that's game five. But if we're in that scenario where we're up 3-1, I feel really, really confident in game six at that point. I feel that place. Like game three, no matter what happens in the goddamn game two, the target center is going to be nuts. We're going to have another protester. They're going to glue their whole body on the thing. You see how we – Minneapolis will protest anything, dude. We're on it. We are on that shit. They even went to Memphis and protested. They had a protester there. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna temper that. Maybe that rattle just rattled me. I'm gonna go two and two uh, with a maybe eighty percent chance. Uh, let's say seventy five percent 
Yeah, that is that is that will be three and one. But man, if we're three and one after four games, the confidence level of closing that puppy out in game five or game six is sky high at that point. Well, Chris, it's it's not exuberance to me. It's the matchups. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. What no, can right. they do? What can they do? Okay, and has a bad game. Fine, you know, uh, D'Lo shits the bed. Fine, but you have. It's just a matchup nightmare for them at this point. And then, you know, bring the ascension of McDaniels. Bring the ascent, Be- Beasley with a hot night. I mean, Beasley could go off and hit 10 of 11 threes. We, it's, all these things are yeah. possible. Are they likely? I don't know, but possible. We've seen it happen. Uh, it's happened before. Uh, it's, these are not out of the realm of possibility. Now, a sweep is, is a lot to say, but, and that's why I kind of pulled back from it, but just the matchups is what's got me excited. It's not so much the, oh, yay, hooray, Timberwolves. It's like, wow, right, what, I know what, saying, what, yeah. what can Memphis do at this point? Uh, I don't see the talent. I see there's a big talent differential as far as top-end talent uh, between yeah, the squads. Three, yeah, yeah, sure. And so it's like, okay, well, what are they going to do now? Two and two to me it seems very reasonable. I wouldn't be upset with that at all. And, you know, I did want to mention that, Apparently, our boy Carl's talking to KG. Obviously, yeah, I wrote he's that. Not gonna too. Sit. He's not going to sit. He's not going to sit on the couch. Slam, and yeah, you know that. <laughs> you know, he's going to get his face in there. I went waiting for him to make an appearance at Target Center for a big game. I'm sure he will, um, because he won't be able to keep him out of it, man. I mean, he's going to be hyped up. But I mean, baby, that's something that can help Cat with his with his foul problems. You know, talking to KG every night. I'm like, okay, gave him a what, report too. What can I do to avoid this? you know, and maybe change the way the officials feel about me or whatever, or whatever it is he's got to do to, to stop being the, the ire of their, uh, of their discontent all the time. And, uh, you know, maybe just shut the fuck up and, and get that yeah, move court. on. Yep. You know, move do on something, you know, play. Yep. because that is at this point, really the only Achilles heel that this team has. Oh, okay. That might be a yeah, that is the biggest Achilles heel. That, that, there you go. There, this team has at this point in this series is just worry about Cat and get the fouls and, and deal with that. Otherwise, they got really no one to stop him. So all they can do is just really bang him up and, and try to get him in foul trouble and try to hurt him. And that's really the only way I see that going now. Again, back to, you know, home games here, Chris, is going to be ridiculous. And, mm. and what it was back in the KG days, I mean, if oh, yeah. you got good basketball here, you're going to have a great crowd at Target Center. And these guys, you know, this fan base has been starved for so long for just quality uh, basketball. And uh, I really think that it's just going to be a frenzy, uh, particularly like in a game four, if you're already up to a game, you know, it's going to be – or two games. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, if you're up 2-1, going to game two. You're right, too, because, like, we think it was nuts, right? The national media even said it on the plan, but yeah, it's it's gonna be up and out. There's just no way around it. And all three games, you can get it on the secondary market because you can always get it on the secondary market. But all three games, pretty much, you know, the possible game six, all of them are sold out. And they even took away because the last chunk of rows are kind of the visuals aren't great on them. Uh, Another reason why we need a new arena. Um, But they even said we're gonna sell those for twenty bucks. How about that? 20 bucks, and that shit sold quick. So we're going to have, like, two or 3,000 more people there. And we're going to have some people that are paying 20 bucks for a ticket. Man. You know, those are the that's the fan base that you want in there. The, Dude, we got these for 20 
<laughs> we're in there, you know, like that, that, oh man, that place is going to be electric. Uh, any last words before we, uh, close this puppy down, sir? Uh, let's just hope game two is the best case scenario that we think about is someone ascends and, uh, I'm really liking Beasley or Ant to just come through and just have one of those games, Chris, where it's like, oh, okay, well, we didn't see 10 of 11 threes coming out, but <laughs> it happened, you know, or, uh, and, and to see, I want to see Cat handle some. I want to see him get some elbows. I want to see him work with the refs a little bit because that'll change the dynamic completely uh, of this team going forward. Is like, okay, that's no longer a weakness that can be exploited. It was really crazy for him to be in a fourth quarter with one fall at the start of it. It was like, oh my god, this is happening. And it, it was Pat Bev and D'Lo, and both one was legit. For both of them, probably one was ticky-tack, but that's what you're going to get on the road. But that was kind of crazy to lose D'Lo and Pat Bev early in that game, um, or somewhat early in that game. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. We'll definitely be back next Monday, hopefully. Well, obviously talking about a sweep would be great, but hopefully I'm 3-1. to one. Hopefully my co-host is correct. We'll be back next Monday. Peace.